Hey friends, I hope you're having an amazing day. This is a shameless plug going out to my free downloads. I just loaded up cycling snacks. So these are a great way to make your own healthy snacks for a training inside, outside, or for the family. So go to askcoachsylvie.com and download them today. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to an episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow here sitting in beautiful Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have a really, really extraordinary individual here on a, as a guest today, Steve Merker. He is the vice president of the Margaret Cancer, Found- the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation, first off. And um, he's also... Um, the lead for uh, the Ride to Concert, Conquer Cancer. Now, we were just chatting before we started here, and you guys, you have a, such, I am so honored and have the privilege of bringing this guy because he is not only leading up uh, the Ride to Con- Conquer Cancer right now, but his background goes back to um, being the, um, uh, the executive director of the OCA. And we, and he also mentioned before he used to, um, lead, um, sorry, it's my mom (laughs) lead, uh, the 24 hours of adrenaline before that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I participated in that. So anyways, um, you know, it's just such a great honor. Um, he, he has so many, he has such a wealth of knowledge behind him. And I'm so, so excited to have him here today to talk about his past and what he's doing um, for the present and the future. Welcome, Steve. It'll be great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro. Oh my gosh, Steve, you have no, ex- no idea, like I was saying, how excited uh, to have someone like yourself on the podcast who has so many different things that have uh, had to do with cycling. Like, I mean, in the last 20 years, right? Because when I did 24 hours, I was, I was saying 2004, and you were probably one of the guys on the sidelines at Hardwood Hills. Um, <laughs> but I always love to start with, you know, like how you got into cycling, and then we'll talk about everything sure well so I I grew up as a competitive swimmer um that was my my jam as a as a youth I used to race uh against uh, like Alex Bauman and Victor Davis and Mark Tewksbury those were that was my sort of vintage and you know I was uh sort of when I was younger I was on track to 
on, on the bubble for Olympics, but I, I never quite made it, um, but always a super competitive athlete. And um, I would always bike to my swim practices. So that was my mm. sort of my, so I was a bike commuter first. Uh, and then uh, you know, I, I had a buddy who got into bike racing. He actually did track racing. He raced with Kurt Harnett. And um, so I would go out occasionally with him on, on some bike rides in you know, north of Brampton where I grew up. Uh, so then in that, uh, geez, I think it was in, was it the uh, early eighties, like 1982, <laughs> one of my, yeah, I'm going back. Um, <laughs> one of the guys on the swim team said, Hey, there's this really cool thing called the triathlon. We should try it. I'm like, okay, that sounds like fun. And so we <laughs> registered, we registered for this triathlon in, in Cambridge and it, and because triathlon wasn't even really a thing back then, it was a swim run bike. That's how it went. Yeah. Like really like this is, they didn't have any rules. Like I would suggest it might've been the first triathlon in Canada. We got our bib numbers. We got a, a t-shirt with an iron on and our, our number was ironed on to the front of our shirt. Oh, no way. It, it was so, like felt, felt number on oh. the front of my shirt. So we did, I borrowed my wow. dad's like rusty old uh, CCM 10 speed. And we did the, the swim, of course, being a swimmer, I was like, first out of the water and then and then um and then the, and then the run and then the bike and I was not a, I'm not built for running but I was built for cycling uh, a little bit <laughs> big for a cyclist but you know strong enough legs so so I, that was my first foray into you know real bike riding and, and racing and and then from there I went on and did a lot more triathlon I actually did Kona in uh what, wow three I did uh, Penticton and Kona and uh, fun fact, uh, I broke the, the world record for the fastest swim in an Ironman back in 93. Uh, Whoa. So, um, Is it still holding? Uh, no, I, I heard somebody broke it, but I, you know what, the swim portion of a triathlon, it's so hard to check, like the distance. So you never know if the event organizer gets it right. So right, right, right. I still don't have the record, but um, <laughs> Uh, that's another story they got so, all the fancy so, gadgets now too right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> like we didn't have any of that back then it was a, yeah it was the it, the timex ironman watch where you had to press the you know the yeah. button to get your split so uh so you know did iron man and all that kind of stuff and then um in uh geez i can't remember i guess it was the early 90s when i was working in the in the fitness industry you know selling memberships for a sort of a high-end fitness club and and then uh, I was put in touch with um, a guy who had just started the first 24 hours of adrenaline uh, in, in Ontario. And uh, he was looking for a partner to help build that event. Uh, so I joined him and uh, we had this, you know, huge success on our hands from, from day one. We had just like, it, we call it the Woodstock of mountain biking. It was yeah. just this <laughs> gathering of of you know this community and we had the you know the people who were like racing and intense but then we had people that were just social wanted to have fun and, mm -hmm. and, and spin some laps uh, you know through the night so uh so had a ton of fun growing that program you know the 24 hours of adrenaline like across ontario across the country and then we went into the u.s and we had 12 events across north america with a you know the traveling road show and it was a, it was a ton of fun for, oh. I think I did that for seven years. And I remember those and, days, like I was, yeah, I was no, telling I, Steve, uh, that, um, I participated in 2004 with, and I, I had like, it was like the thing to do every summer. It's like, who's going and how, what, what are the teams going to look like? And we had this huge campsite with like our, 
setup tent and our campers and and everything. And honestly, yeah, I was in a in a in a competitive team, so it was a group of 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 five women. And I was selling Steve back then. We did not have the fancy lights that we have now. And I was just saying that I had this little Tika light, like this little headlamp, and like headlamps aren't even <laughs> what they were today. They're way more expensive back then like trying to survive the the night, you know, but uh, anyways, it was just a load of fun because we had kids, we had like, you know, there's serious groups of bigger teams, smaller teams. And uh, yeah, yeah. There, it was like the thing to do every summer. Like it, we it had was so going. much fun putting on that event and, and the people there really wanted to, you know, have some fun as well. I think the, I think cycling in general back then was like, we're looking for those kind of fun, just different kind of, uh, events mm -hmm. and not just going to a mountain bike oak cup uh or a you know a road race and so this was something that was different and it appealed like we that was the biggest <laughs> mountain like fest, cycling festival in the country back then the one that we did yeah. at hardwood hills yeah um, everybody have, anybody could do it right like you could just go and do one lap out of a team of 10 and absolutely. uh you know you just have fun the rest of the time it was yeah <laughs> so much it fun resonated like we had great events right across like uh, we did one at the canmore nordic center and that lasted for many many years out at silver star resort in bc and trombone like we did it all across canada and then it really resonated so so after i i finished up my my you know my partnership kind of split apart after seven years of running that event and then i I joined the Ontario Cycling Association as their executive director and uh, and was there for uh, for four years and that was a, a real eye opener like <laughs> dealing with yeah dealing with the like I I, I always joke um, you know for people who follow hockey there's you know Gary Bettman is like the commissioner of the NHL and and he's not very well liked so I was like the commissioner of the Ontario Cycling Association oh so yeah you're was, like everybody uh, you know, you're not, used to love me now they don't you, like you, me yeah you. Well, you have to enforce the rules and, you know, something would right. happen at a bike race and, you know, you have to suspend a rider, uh, you know, because something happened during. A, so, uh, but it was, it was a really great experience and I got to meet a lot of people, you know, road racers, the BMX crowd, mountain bikers mm -hmm. and, and everything else. So, um, and then I got a call, actually, here's a, um, I don't know if you know, Adam Rupel um, or Chico, Chico Racing. He, oh, I've heard of Chico Racing. Yeah. Yeah, so Chico Racing, he runs a ton of uh, different kinds of events. So, so uh, he called me up because he was our big event organizer at the Ontario Cycling Association. He called me up and said, "Steve, I got a call from a headhunter uh, looking for me to come and help start a, a, an event at the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation, but oh. I'm not interested." And he said, "You know what? I think you're the perfect guy for this role." <laughs> so I said, "Well, thank you for thinking of me." And uh, so he introduced me to the headhunter. We had a couple meetings. And then I ended up joining the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation. And, and what they wanted to do was put on Canada's biggest bike ride fundraiser. And uh, you're like, you know, woo, this a, is a better deal than being in the OC, <laughs> yeah, being at the front of the front deal. line. Well, and here's <laughs> another fun fact. At the same time I was interviewing for the Princess Margaret role, I was interviewing to become the, the CEO of the Canadian Cycling Association. Oh. So I was going through multiple interviews with the board at the Cycling oh, wow. Association and then I had this opportunity at Princess Margaret and I, I kind of going through the process, I, you know, I made this big long list of pros and cons and I just, I felt this, the Princess Margaret opportunity for one of the, one of the reasons why is because we were building something from brand new and I, that appeals mm -hmm. to me and 
we had the ability to take cycling to that next level. We were going to invest in marketing cycling and getting people engaged in the sport of bike riding. Um, you know, just getting getting the average weekend warrior out there and getting them on a bike and getting them to ride because they're passionate about cancer and they want to make a difference. Yeah. So, so I took the role at the Princess Margaret. We created, you know, the brand and the roots and, you know, we licensed it eventually, but uh, created Ride to Conquer Cancer in 2007. And then we licensed it across Canada in 2008. And, you know, now it's Canada's largest athletic fundraiser. And uh, it's been wonderful, like just amazing to be a part of this thing for now 15 years. Our anniversary is coming up this year. Yeah, I noticed that. And uh, my cycling club, we're into our 14th year. So I was like, my gosh, we started like relatively around the same time. Now, yeah, yeah, so it mentions here that you've collectively raised over several hundred million dollars for this yeah, well, our, so our ride here in Ontario, we've, uh, we, we just crested $230 million raised uh, after wow. last year. And, you know, it's, we celebrate the money, which is awesome, but, you know, yeah. really it's what about the money empowers the scientists and researchers to do mm-hmm. at the Princess Margaret. Like the, the Princess Margaret Cancer Center is not just about the people who happen to be treated there uh, in right. Toronto. It's about research that benefits all, everyone in Ontario across Canada, because it's what I like to I like to call it open source code for cancer research. So if we make a discovery, you know, we share that with the world. So people, you know, in Germany, in in Japan, in the U.S., they can benefit from that. Likewise, when they make a discovery, our scientists can build and riff off of their discoveries so that, you know, the global community who are dealing with cancer can benefit from it. So so we play a a pretty big role in the global community in cancer research and, and our bike ride helps like really supercharge the research that goes on at Princess Margaret. Now, I've always wondered, Steve, what's the percentage of the money um, generated that goes towards cancer research, like the research part? Because there's a lot of, uh, you know, like the advertising that the admin part, like, and I've heard it's like 25 only 25%. Is that true? No, it's the reverse, basically. So, so ah, it's a good question. Glad and, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's always a, a, an interesting question that people ask that, you know, yeah. that one. But here's, um, you know, when I always, I do this uh, presentation to like our corporate crowd occasionally, and I have one slide. And the slide is the front desk of the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation. This is pre-pandemic. This is when people would actually come into our office. Yeah. And the slide was our front desk and the lovely Jennifer who sits there and, and welcomes people as they come in the door. And, uh, and, and I took a picture of it on a Wednesday at noon and there was nobody there except for Jennifer. And yet this is despite cancer is the number one disease killing Canadians. There's never a lineup of people coming in the door, handing over checks to say, hey, we want to support cancer research. Mm -hmm. So what do we have to do? We have to put on events. Uh, We have to run lottery programs. We have to, you know, ask people and invite them to donate. And people don't always willingly just do that. But if you run an event like the Ride to Conquer Cancer, that engages people and it and it Mm -hmm. inspires them to, to, to raise money on our behalf. So we do have to do some marketing. Um, we do get great deals and, and, and some of our advertising is all sponsored, um, but we do have to, you know, the police who support our event, mm. we have to pay them. Like they don't come for free. 
And right. you know, when we book uh, exhibition plays or Niagara Falls for a finish line, they don't come for free. So we do have to spend money, <laughs> but you know what? When we spend 25, uh, you know, percent of what we raise and we can still have net, you know, in our biggest year, there was a few years where we raised over $20 million within one event. So think Whoa. about, yeah, like $13 million net that actually goes to research, right? Like there's some great events out there, which are, which are all volunteer led and maybe even the local cop donates his time. And, you mm -hmm. know, the, the grand, the grandmas make the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so everything's donated, but maybe a bike ride like that raises $200,000. Well, and, and 100% return to charity, but $200,000 barely keeps the lights on in a lab for a mm -hmm. year, whereas $13 million net can really make a difference and make an impact in cancer research. So, so yeah, we do have to spend some money, but it's, wow. uh, you know, we take a, a social entrepreneur approach to our, our foundation. So we spend a little bit of money to make a massive amount of money, which can make a big impact in cancer research. Yeah, I noticed that you are all over social media. And maybe yeah. it's just because I clicked on you <laughs> that oh, now yeah. that We're I'm seeing it all. Yeah. <laughs> We're like a bad rash. We're following you around forever until you join. I know. It's like, you know, it's like when you go shopping, don't click, don't click. You'll, yeah. you'll forever yeah. be seeing it. But that's a good thing. Cause then I was like, oh my God, I should, you know, reach out and learn more about this. So tell me more about the event itself. Is it always the same right. course? Is it change? Is it always in Toronto? I think it's always in Toronto, right? What, yeah, so, tell me well, about the event this year, I guess. Yeah. So this year we're, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to actually run an in-person event on June mm -hmm. 11th and 12th. The, the ride has always started in Toronto. Right. Um, and finished in Niagara Falls, although we oh. have had, we do have a start line in Niagara Falls as well. So um, just because the demand and, and we had so much pressure on our Toronto start line that we added a Niagara Falls start line a few years ago. So, so what do you mean a Niagara Falls start line? So we have, we, we basically start the event simultaneously. Oh, you go in the reverse? Yeah. So, so we have. Oh, you had like. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. So, but it's a, it's a two day bike ride over 200 kilometers and, oh. uh, but over two days. So we, we start in either Toronto or Niagara Falls. Everyone right. rides on day one to Hamilton. Oh my God. Right. So really? We, we have a, we have a huge festival on, on Saturday afternoon and early evening at McMaster, McMaster University. So we call that the, the Woodstock bike riding. Oh, that's and so that. cool. And then, and then on day two, everybody, you know, gets up early in the morning, starts in Hamilton and finishes the Niagara Falls and literally the mist is you know greeting you as it as you come across the finish line on Sunday. So, so it's a you know it's a two day ride. It's it amounts to about well we actually have on on the first day we do have a hundred mile option for the the hammerheads. Uh -huh. uh, so, but, it, but for <laughs> the, the regular people it amounts to about I would say two hundred and twenty kilometers. And for a lot of the people that do our event, that's the furthest they've ever ridden in their lives. Oh, yeah. We do have. We do have a lot of serious bike riders who, you know, have touched by the disease and they want to, you know, support. And we have a lot of corporate teams with, you know, and it's amazing that the number of um, high ranking business people that love to bike ride. Uh, and then oh, yeah. the community, like the community, like there's so many amazing people that come out and support. So you have people riding 
$20,000 unbelievable bikes, uh, you know, riding at, you know, 38 kilometers an hour. And then you have, you know, a story of, of a woman who lost her leg to cancer with, from osteosarcoma. And she's riding on a three-wheel trike with one leg, pulling and pushing with one leg, right? And she's she's going 12 kilometers an hour. And so we have everything in between. So it's, wow. uh, it, it's the community um, that is really, you know, palatable uh, and it's special um, at this event. Okay, so let me get this right. You have on Saturday, you have a start event starting in Toronto and a start in, in Niagara Falls. And you both stop and sleep at Hamilton, party it up, and then everybody goes and finishes at Niagara. That's right. Okay, exactly. so is the Niagara to Hamilton, is that shorter than like the full distance? No, it's uh, the Niagara to Hamilton. So we make it so that it's over 100 kilometers. So we want, it, we oh, want people okay, okay. to commit to riding over 100 kilometers. It's, it's flatter. Um, we're not okay. going up and down the escarpment. So it's a little bit flatter. Right. Um, so yeah. It's, so it's like uh, 50 it's or 60 K one way. And then. No, 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 no. It's, it's a hundred and 105 one way. Oh, uh, really? But, oh, wow. Yeah, so, so, so everybody's okay. riding over 200 kilometers over two days. Yeah. Okay. I got it. So are there any other, like, so everybody has to ride that distance regardless. There's no shorter distance starts that go to, no. Okay. Everybody no. hundred kilometers. You got awesome. it. Although wow. you know what, we, we do have uh, we do have sweet vehicles. Like there's some people who participate who are like in their 70s, mm -hmm. and uh, in fact now we we do allow e-bikes for those people. Like maybe there's someone that's actually going through cancer treatment and they and they can't they haven't done any training. So if they want to use an e-bike because they've been touched by cancer, then have at it. Or or if somebody's in their 70s and 100 kilometers maybe a little bit too far for them, mm -hmm. hey, get on a sweet vehicle don't be a hero and we'll we'll take you 10 kilometers from the finish line and you can finish with everybody else so, okay so we, we do sweep some people that need it but uh i would say 98 percent of the people finish the complete distance of the 200 wow that is really fascinating i love it so okay so tell me how you can um get involved or if you like do you have to raise money because some of these some of these charity events you have to raise money or you can just pay to participate and that goes towards um the charity um yeah, yeah tell so, me about it teams absolutely. everything so, well there's ton of there, we have like over 400 teams uh, oh my maybe, god wow i would say you know half of which are like corporate based but then the other half are community based and um, there is a minimum fundraising. So it's a, you know, we ask people to take on the dual challenge of riding over 200 kilometers, but also right. raising $2,500. So it's a big deal. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that, but that's how we raised $20 million in, in right, weekend, right okay. in, in June. So, so it's a big and bold sort of audacious goal for people to raise that much money, but we support our riders in every possible way like we give them a personal page we reach out to them we ask them if they mm -hmm. want a, a training program or they want oh. a fundraising program right so we, cool. we want to support the riders as much as we can to get them mm -hmm. over that fundraising minimum um you know the website is ride number two conquer.ca so i mean you can just google it it'll, it should come up it should come up number one uh, so, you know, <laughs> and then it'll keep coming up yeah and then it'll keep, <laughs> click on it and it'll keep following you around that's right you must do this event yeah now okay here's a big question oh sorry did yeah no that's that's good yeah yeah okay all right so you can either um 
participate as a solo person and raise the money, uh, or you can participate as a team and raise the money. Now, here's the question. Like, if you start in Toronto and you part and you bike to Niagara, how do you get back to Toronto? So so when you show up Saturday morning to in Toronto, uh, all you need is your bike, a helmet and yeah. a gear, a gear bag. So yeah. you, you, you get dropped off. You can park there. Uh, you throw your gear bag on a truck. The yeah. truck drives to Hamilton. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is ride. We feed you. We, we have like these full service pit stops along the way every 30 kilometers. You oh, get to cool. Hamilton, your gear bag is waiting for you. So you take your bike, you put it in our secured parking lot, uh, bike parking lot. You get your gear bag. We have shower trucks. So you get, you know, cleaned up. We feed oh. you. We've got Steam Whistle as a sponsor. So we have, uh, we have a wine sponsor as well. So we take care of you, soup to nuts in, in Hamilton. So then Sunday morning, you take okay are bike. you sleeping in the dorms sleeping in the dorms we do okay. provide tents also we have these pop-up oh, okay. tents that some people love to sleep in pop-up tents so we have probably two thousand people sleeping in a <laughs> pop-up tent believe it or not it's a camp that out. is so cool yeah and then there's probably uh, two thousand people sleeping in the dorms and then some people go to the local hotels in hamilton or or if people live locally they might go home um but sunday morning you get your gear bag, you jam all your nasty clothes back into your gear bag, you throw it on another truck, you get on your bike, you ride to Niagara Falls, you get to Niagara Falls and we have more trucks waiting for you. So we have, and buses, so we have coach buses. So mm. you put your bike on one of our trucks, we pack them perfectly, we've never had a bike issue. Uh, we bring the bikes back to exhibition place. Uh, you get on, you shower, and then you get on, we hope you shower, <laughs> then you, get on, you get on one of the coach buses, which drives you back to the start line in Toronto, where your bike is waiting for you. So we take care of you. We'll ship you back to Toronto. Some people have a, like their, you know, their their wife or their husband mm -hmm. or their mother, like waiting for them at the finish line, and they'll drive them back. But a lot right. of people take our, our bus ride back. Whoa! Now that's yeah. quite the operation. It's, I'm uh, trying to it's think of the, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly at the finish line because <laughs> you've got like literally you're almost right beside the falls. It's a pretty narrow street. There's a strip yes, of land I've where we there. stage yeah. the whole event and the trucks are backing in and like it's, it's, it's controlled it's, chaos. So there's no party at Niagara. You basically roll in and then you like, you're trying to oh, truck no, people out at the same party. time. Oh, there's, there's a, party a bit there of a party. Too? Yeah, we have steam okay. whistle there also, and we have a, you know, a big barbecue. So people come oh. across the finish line, they'll grab a you know a pulled pork sandwich and some salad oh, and have a fabulous. have a beer or a glass of wine or a coke or whatever. Mm. Yep. And then uh, and then you know, so they'll have a couple of drinks and then they get on the bus, and the bus is literally everyone's fast asleep because they've just ridden 220 kilometers over two days. They've had you know they drank all sleep. night the night before. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and they're celebrating. Like these people are celebrating. They're celebrating life. Like maybe they mm -hmm. lost somebody. Maybe they're a cancer survivor. Maybe they're riding on behalf of a good friend. Um, so they're emotionally drained. They're physically drained. They get on that bus, and it's just like, you know, dead quiet because everyone. Oh yeah. Like, really it's like coming back deep. from Daytona Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Fair enough. Just, uh, the bus driver, thankfully, 
keeps it. Yeah, you're like, I'll be the one driving back to Toronto so I don't have to hear anybody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, oh my gosh, I had no idea of the logistics. Yeah. It's, a, it's, of a massive, this event. it's a massive feat of logistics. And, you know, the pit stops, like you, you show up to our pit stops and, you know, we've got music pumping, we've got, uh, you know, like a full, a full lunch you know, for everybody, we've got bike techs there, we've got uh, nurses on site in case, in, in case you need medical support, sunscreen, Advil, safety, <laughs> you know, we've got it all. So we want to make sure our riders are taken care of when they purchase. Holy moly, that is amazing, Steve. Okay, now just a second, I had a question there. Um, I can only like, I've, I've done events not of this magnitude, like I've done the ride for MS, smaller mm -hmm. scale, you know, bike back and forth, like to Cornwall or to Kempville yeah. when it was here in Ottawa. Um, really impressed with that. I couldn't believe it. I think there's, I think there's speed stops every 10 kilometers. <laughs> I'm like, what, there's more food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, but, um, but yeah, wow. Okay. How many people do you allow to participate? So we, we typically cap it at about 5,000 riders, like in a normal year. <laughs> 5,000. Yeah. So it's, it's a big deal. Like there's a lot of people out there, like, you know, with the pandemic, the last two years have been virtual or hybrid. Mm -hmm. So we really haven't been able to do what we right, used right. to be able to do this year. We're anticipating because, um, because of Omicron and people are a little bit gun shy to get involved, um, mm -hmm. right now, but we we're, we're seeing our registrations really pick up as, as people think about what am I going to do this year? Like, what's my goal? So mm -hmm. they're using the Ride to Conquer Cancer as their sort of their North Star, yeah. their focal point, a goal to fundraise. Their spring um, goal, yeah. And their spring, yeah. And and uh, and people are, you know, they're buying Pelotons or they're Zwifting and uh, they're getting in shape and, and we're hoping that they're starting to fundraise, right? So um, it's it, the, the, the sad thing with, with the other, like there's so many sad things with COVID and the pandemic mm -hmm. and the lockdown. The good thing is I've done more Zwifting ever. But, you know, I know I noticed your Swift handle there. I'm like, oh, I gotta go follow you and then follow you on Strava. And yeah. uh <laughs> but you know, the, the bad thing is that you know there's still a ton of people, you know, being hurt by their cancer. And and the mm -hmm. thing is that their 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 usual checkups that they you know to go and see if yeah. you know something's underlying going wrong with them, and they've they've delayed those appointments. So we feel like there could be a lot of underlying cancer out there that people don't know. They haven't gone for their mammograms or their PAPs or their, their yeah. uh, colonoscopies. And so there could be a big wave of cancer in a year from now from people who didn't get checked in the last two years during the pandemic. So, right. so for us, it's so important to help double down on the, on the cancer mm -hmm. fundraising so that we can have our researchers make more discoveries, which will help benefit the people who eventually do and sadly get diagnosed so so that's uh, something we feel has that uh, has that been um the research has it been able to continue regardless some, of well some research, you know like because this has yeah, to be done well, in in like um yeah on labs, location in labs yeah, yeah. but sylvia has impacted the research a little bit um, mm -hmm. because people weren't able to come in or some of the clinical trials because the patients weren't coming in or registering oh, for these clinical trials so so right. it has it has slowed things a little bit um yeah. but uh and, and the fact that we weren't able to raise as much money through events in the past right. two years also so 
So we're hoping to see a bit of a rebound effect as people mm-hmm. sort of emerge from their basement uh, and they're, they're swifting uh, caves. And, and yeah, that's right. Um, so that, Let's uh, see how strong people... you really are out on the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no cheating on the weight, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, so yeah, so how has that impacted the research capabilities if you were not able to bring in, say, half of what you normally would like can you talk about like the last two years like how that's kind of put those setbacks and let's just drive it home how important this is that it's it's hugely important people yeah like so priority we're uh so at princess margaret our foundation we're lucky we have a pretty diversified fundraising portfolio so we have a lottery program and we fill a lot of lottery tickets and, and uh, yeah talk about that i wanted to ask yeah. you about the lottery program what is that it's it's, it's just this amazingly <laughs> successful program where you know people we sell a limited number of tickets so your chances to win are higher but we sell these aspirational homes or cottages uh and, get out and, of town uh, it's, it's yeah it's it's amazing it, so like a home it might be worth five million dollars in like caledon or oakville and and people don't generally keep the homes when they win them. They sell them and take the yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah, people yeah. love the idea of winning mm-hmm. these homes and, and, and touring them online or pre-pandemic, actually touring them in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people just, they love, we know that the people who buy our tickets want to support a cause and they like the chance to win. So it's like, pandemic, um, yeah, it's like the Chio Dreamhouse uh, lottery exactly. here. Yeah, yep. okay, okay. So, um. so that program, program has actually done well for us. So that's helped backfill some of the, the losses that we've incurred, uh, or not losses, but lack of fundraising on events. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of like Canadian Cancer Society saw um, a massive reduction in their fundraising abilities. Um, as you know, any event driven charity saw a massive drop. And so our researchers benefit from a lot of that money, right? So we we fund them to a, to a large degree, but we also our researchers receive grants from organizations like the Terry Fox Foundation or like Canadian Cancer because those events have declined. The research grants have declined a little bit, but luckily mm-hmm. our programs like our lottery, we have some major mm-hmm. gift supporters that have stepped up. So, so we're just kind of hanging in there. Um, but you know, we're trying to communicate to the to our community that we need you mm-hmm. now more than ever to step up, participate in our ride to conquer cancer or on any number one of our events that might speak to you because we've got road hockey events we have walks we have runs we've got you name it we've got it all right. but the ride is certainly our sort of our our largest um event i mean it's the largest fundraising event in canada so uh we were hopefully inspiring people to get on board and 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 double down on their on their cancer fundraising because everyone's been touched by cancer in some way or another yeah. right so so we're hopeful that people will be inspired to take on our cause and, and help support yeah i know my mom my mom had breast cancer uh, a number of years ago. She's still with us, thankfully. Right. Yeah, love mom. Right on. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I said, every I I think there there can't be one person that hasn't been touched by cancer in some sort of way. So is there anything else that you can tell? I can't think of any other questions that I have if as a partic- potential participant. Um, how easy is it to sign up a team? And uh, how big can the teams be? We have Does it matter? Of, no, we have teams of two. We have teams of, we have one team based out of Niagara Falls that typically has like 250 riders on it. And they raise 
usually a million dollars a year, just one team. Holy, right? what, what company? Are they from one company or is it just no, a bunch of people? it's kind of a hybrid community company team. Uh, the guy who runs this this team, he he runs a like a small steel rebar company in Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. But he's really just engaged. He's engaged everyone in his company, all his vendors, but also his community. He's really connected to a lot of people. So wow, they all, super in cool. fact, I know he, he has a couple of people in Ottawa that come down and ride on his team every mm. year. So, so they just, they're just great fundraisers. Um, I would say almost none of them are like, like a bike rider. Like they, they ride their bikes to support this cause, but they're not bike riders. Like, you know, so we right. would call me a bike rider because I ride year round. And, you got the uh, spandex, you got the kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we have tons of teams and we have a lot of people that will start a team like there's a team called um, Carly's Angels. So um, uh, Carly Allison was this amazing young woman who sadly passed away from her, her cancer a few years ago. So so the family and friends started a team called Carly's Angels in, in her honor. And uh, so they have a team of, uh, I would say, 30 people every year that ride to sort of honor and, and remember Carly. And uh, so it's kind of a celebration of life for her. Uh, and we have so many stories like that, that, uh, you know, they're riding in honor of someone or somebody on the team is still dealing with their cancer mm-hmm. and they're riding to support that person. So, so many teams. And like I said, over 400 teams participate and uh, they all have their own. We, what, what we do when you, when you participate in the ride and you hit your fundraising minimum, we send you like the ride to conquer cancer Jersey, kind of a badge of honor. You get to wear yeah. it. Um, you, so we, we ask people to wear their Ride to Conquer Cancer jersey on day one, like the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, you see everyone riding their team kit. Ah, and you see all these amazing, it. colorful, different, mm-hmm. awesome looking kits from all these different teams. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. All right. So here's a, one more question. Okay. If I want to, re- um, now you said it's pretty easy to register. Now, if I was like kind of concerned about how easy it is to, get the whole fundraising back end set up. What do you do for those? Like, so say I'm, say I decide that I'm going to put together a team from my club. Um, How would I go about doing it? So uh, the team captain would sign up first. So it's really easy to. Oh, and you just add your people. Yeah, you can start a team. Well, no, mm-hmm. what we you'd start a team. You can also call. We have like a one eight hundred number. You can call, okay. and you know, one of our ride guides can help. You know, walk you through the process. Um, so you'd set up it. So you'd start a team. You would be the team captain. You can designate co-captains if you like. But then okay. you would then take the link to your team and send it to your friends or whoever's going to join the team and say, "Hey, I'm going to do ride to conquer cancer in June. Love to have you join me. Here's the link." And then they would join your team, uh, and uh, and then we would um, we would assign like a ride guy would sort of be your your contact uh, you know at our at our okay. office to help support you to help you set up your personal page if you needed help or okay. we have like fundraising um, badges you can add to your email. Um, we do host training oh. rides. Uh, uh, like we're actually tomorrow's World Cancer Day and uh, February fourth, so I'm leaving as with. Ride to Conquer Cancer um, thing at 7.30 in the morning. So, oh. um, so we, we have- I'm working out at 7.30, dang. Yeah, yeah you'll <laughs> miss it. But uh, um, anyway, so there's there's always lots of stuff going on. It's not like you sign up and we hope to see you 
in June. It's like you sign up and we, you know, we have different events throughout the year um, okay. to help inspire people. We have, we, we want to put our doctors and researchers also on a pedestal to explain to the fundraisers, you know, where the money's going. So you really mm -hmm. get a, a sense of, of the difference and the impact that we're making. Uh, we also, we, we do have a, a one day option for those who can only ride on one day and it's, it's slightly lower minimum fundraising. There's also a virtual ride with no minimum fundraising. So if you just wanted oh, to, to okay. be a part of the Ride to Conquer Cancer and you're, you live in Halifax, then, then do your own ride in Halifax and you can raise whatever you can. Um, so, uh, or if you just want, if you want to volunteer, we're also, we need like a thousand volunteers to make this event happen. So volunteers, yeah. can. there's no, there's no minimum fundraising for a volunteer, of course, but um, we do have a lot of volunteers who will do some fundraising just to feel like they're a part of it and they're making a difference, like on the ground working, you know, all weekend long, but also fundraising as well. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved. Holy moly. Wow. Okay. Like I am totally inspired, Steve. I've got the little, you know, yeah. the little hamsters going. Yeah, I'm well, like, let me, let me tell you this quick story about. Okay, you know, story. Let's. So we have riders come from all over. Like every province uh, is represented at our ride on a typical year. 17 oh. states and seven countries. In fact, wow. one year we had a guy uh, who wanted to support a friend who was going through cancer treatment here uh -huh. in, in Toronto. So he flew in from Australia on Friday. He landed, he went straight to the bike shop. He rented a bike from the, the Gears bike shop in Mississauga. He, uh, he rode Saturday, Sunday. Uh, he returned the bike on Monday and flew back to Australia on Monday, right? So oh this guy gosh. was so committed to support his friend. He comes all the way from Australia for a weekend to ride his bike for two days and then he goes back home. And he didn't like, even hang have, out. He didn't even hang out. He just wow. wanted to show his support for his friend. And, so we have people come from Germany, they come from Australia, all over the US. So it's, it's great to see this, this massive sort of global yeah. community come together. And, you know, and then the global community benefits from the research that, that happens at the Princess Margaret as well. That is really cool. I didn't realize that you, like you had outside Canada participants, oh, but yeah. I guess like you're right along the New York, um, well, the, the yeah, New York is right there. And, and yeah, you know, New York. The about when you're riding from Toronto to Niagara Falls, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Niagara yeah. Falls is the world. Like it's kind of aspirational for a lot of people to do a ride like that. Okay, that road must be closed, obviously. It, it, we only close the beginning, like when we're getting out of the city, but then we go into country roads. And, you know, certainly we have a lot of police presence and support. Like we, like the, the main intersections, of course, we have police there. But right. once we're out on a country road, like it's almost impossible for us to, to, to have a road closure all the way right. to Niagara Falls. Right, so, right. But obviously a huge amount of support from the, the communities and volunteers to, and then we also make sure that motorists are aware that we're coming through town. So they typically stay away when you have you know, 5,000 people going down the road. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, nah, I might as well go somewhere else this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating, uh, Steve. I am, wow, 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 wow. Now, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any more questions. I'm all questioned out. I think I've wow. got all my information. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um with the audience, because we are going to put down all the places where they can find you. You're basically everywhere. Um, you can also like follow Steve all over like Twitter, 
Strava. If you're a Swifter, you can follow him there too. Give him some ride-ons while he's training. Um, yeah. Can you, is there anything left that you want to uh, share? Uh, you know, I think we've, we've covered it all. Like I, um, and I really appreciate you, Sylvie, putting us sort of on this pedestal and, and having the opportunity to uh, you know, hopefully inspire people to think about, um, you know, channeling their inner bike rider in a, in a good way. Like I know there's a lot of bike racers who are pretty focused on their racing, but, you know, consider mm -hmm. this as a, as a, a really great event to uh, participate in and, and be a part of this massive community to making making a difference in our world and you know yeah. there's a lot of great and and honestly like if you want to jam and, and you know get in a little pack and go 40 kilometers an hour then you know there are people that do that absolutely but uh you know i just hope that uh you know people will consider if they haven't already you know take on you know the the, the challenge of, of raising you know over 2500 dollars riding over 200 kilometers and and being a part of our of our community making a difference so join our peloton i guess is my final message I love it. I love it. And um, so, yeah, you don't have to do it by yourself. You can grab a couple of friends. I know for me, um, and I don't want to break your, your last words because um, it's, it's always the fundraising. I think that comes down to it. You know, people are just like, can I just pay? But you're like, no, you have to fundraise because. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's part <laughs> of it. When we, when, you know, just to go back quickly, you know, when we first launched the ride, to conquer cancer and you know people told us we were crazy to ask people to mm -hmm. demand that people raise the $2,500 and we heard them like but there's so many bike rides out there and they're all there's a lot of very similar bike rides and for us to make a really big impact with our cancer research program yeah. we needed to be something big and bold so we didn't want to be like all the other rides with a with either no minimum or a low minimum we, we mm -hmm. and, and we modeled it after a bike ride that was hugely successful in the u.s called the pan mass challenge so so we oh. knew we were inspired by the possible down there in boston so we, yeah. we took that i actually you know full disclosure i did my r d which is called rip off and duplicate I went ah, down and did, well, yeah. why not like you know if why it not? works I went down just to the like duplicate it i'm all for that <laughs> i did the pan mass challenge in boston back in 2007 i took all the good ideas like we yeah. canadianized it and then you know we launched our ride to conquer cancer so so we were inspired by the possible down there and uh, and then it was a home run since since day one and and uh, that's why we're still the you know the number one you know event fundraising event in the country. I really do like that it goes to one research center, and, yeah, and because I I think like a lot of you know events you're like okay we're raising this is for this charity and that charity but it's like where exactly is that money going because yeah. they're they're not necessarily attached to like a specific um place yeah well, like it's it, just going it, to the big it, cancer pot you know what well, i mean yeah. like so here's uh you know like we're so when you when you're supporting princess margaret it's like you're bypassing the middleman like yeah you give some some uh cancer you know national cancer organ fundraising organizations will collect the money and then they grant it out so they don't actually do the research whereas we have researchers in fact we're the i mean we're the largest research organization right. in the country so you skip the middleman when you're giving directly, you know, through the ride or any one of our programs. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're bang on, Sylvie, like that's, uh, you're, you're giving to an organization. And, you know, one of the things that we, we did a lot of pre-pandemic is we would bring the teams in for a tour mm -hmm. and meet oh, the researchers very cool. who are benefiting. So for us, it's so important to share 
how the money's making an impact. So we've been doing some of that on Zoom, you know, in the past two years, like, yeah, because we want you to know that, you know, all your hard work as a fundraiser is, is actually producing results. And so we want to share that as best we can. So it's in our best interest to continue to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, exactly where it's going and your name is attached to it. So I'm coming to find you, No, (laughs) but that, that makes me even more motivated. I have to tell you, Steve, that, um, it goes to something that's Canadian and it's in Toronto and, you know, it's, um, and it's staying in the country. Yeah. Cause I always like find like, I'm always skittish about those charity events, you know, cause you just don't know where all the money's going, but I like it. I like it a lot. Right and um, so with that, I promise you guys, we're not going to ask you more questions, but this has been amazing. I uh, just want to thank all of our listeners and uh, Steve for taking this time to come and share um, what this event is all about. And like, I honestly had no clue. Like I see the ads and probably a lot of you do, but to really know about the event, it like, this really is, it, it changes everything for me. Um, I love the distance. I can't believe it's a two day thing. I didn't realize that. Um, and I've always wanted to bike down there, like to Niagara. I've heard so many great things about the, the countryside, um, not to mention there's tons of wineries down there. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and I haven't been to Niagara in such a long time. Um, so I might even be able to make this into a family thing. Great idea. Everybody think about that. Yep. Just, uh, I think it's Wolf Lodge that's down in uh, Niagara. Yeah, just finish yeah, it right there. Yeah, yeah, kids. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. So with that, I want to thank you, Steve, so much for um, for coming out and thanking our listeners. And like I said, more information, all the contacts uh, will be on our show notes. So you can go and start putting your team together. I'm starting to think about people that I want to target on my team. And like Steve said, it doesn't matter how big the team is. I think the more, the better. No, hundred bucks, everybody, 25 people. Let's go. Yeah. 100%. All right. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. And uh, maybe you'll see me there. Maybe I'll see you all. So if anybody's going to participate and you're going to put this on your, their race calendar, please reach out. Obviously you'll be reaching out to Steve and reach out to me so that uh, maybe we can say hi somewhere in the masses (laughs) at the start line. But uh, I'm so proud to have brought this to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then... 
Have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.